Welcome to The Weekly Hook. This is Rashad speaking, and with me is Chris. We're your hookers, and this is the show normally where one of us knows what's happening and the other one has no idea what's going on. But this is the famous show that Chris made me push back so he could watch some stuff so that he can actually contribute because he wanted to be prepared today as well. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> so as the month comes to an well, I guess as February comes in, uh, we're here today to talk to you about our favorite shows of 2022 you pumped chris i'm very pumped and yes thank you again for allowing me to binge all my way through the month of January, because when you when you were mentioning, like thinking about it, that was one of the brief, like one of the few instances where you told me ahead of time what you were planning for a weekly hook, and I said I kind of wanna I want to talk about that too, but I've watched like three shows, <laughs> um, I mean like three shows that came out in 2022. I've watched a lot of other shows, like I've watched all of The Sopranos, I've watched the first three seasons of Atlanta and like a lot of other stuff, but that, obviously that doesn't qualify. Um, so I just thought, yeah, let me like at least give you a top four. And uh, now I've, I think I've watched almost like 10 shows in the last month, which has been crazy, but also great. And yeah, I'm I'm going to give it to you later. That's an incredible achievement, actually. Like uh, 10 shows in a month, that's quite a bit, especially if, uh, you know, those of us who live li busy lives. Um, that's, uh, that's impressive, Chris. So good on you for catching up. Yeah, thanks. I uh, actually, the <laughs> the trick was I just didn't have, I just didn't meet anyone. I just had a very unsocial <laughs> month um i was actually like i met people like after work which was fun but the weekends were just for me and i just ended up spending a lot of time just watching shows which was so nice now i have to be more social again i was at a party yesterday so i'm you know i'm I'm kind of getting out of that now, but I mean, I have watched most of the shows I've wanted to watch. Not all of them, but uh, yeah, I'll get into that in a bit. That's an exciting exercise, actually. I'm really pumped to go through it. I mean, we've previously established that I am a lover of TV and every chance I get, every weekly hook I get, I tend to be talking about a new television show that I'm watching so or have watched. <laughs> so it's it's about time that I really start to compile things together. And really, this is the year where um, I think I decided to, from the very beginning of the year, I'm meaning the beginning of 2022, put it all together. I started a whole spreadsheet. I got ranking systems going. I got <laughs> different shows, different broken down by season, everything that I'm watching. I just got to make sure we're going through it. Like, And because I really struggle with top 10 lists, as everyone knows, especially Chris. I mean, no one knows better than Chris because I always forget something. I always, always forget something that I loved. And this time I am committed uh, well, no, okay. I don't want to be that strong with my words because I'm sure I'm going to mess up something. <laughs> but I, I really, I really hope that my preparation, maintaining this spreadsheet over the course of over a year and into this year and moving forward, will help me um, go about doing that. So just like this, just so that we know what's going on. So, or just I guess a window into my process. So I've created the spreadsheet in which I kind of list the seasons of television that I'm watching. And then in those seasons, I also 
incorporate future seasons of like television shows that are coming out shows that you hear about you know you just kind of like try to figure stuff out that are coming out in the, in the future pipeline i kind of write down the release dates so that i keep them in mind so i can whenever i finish a show i immediately go back to my spreadsheet look at one of the next shows that are up on the list so i always kind of have a direction to go towards and i like to tend to watch one or two serious shows alongside a comedy show because you know you have a different uh um uh you know vibes sometimes you want to watch something different so i kind of kind of i kind of balance the two as much as i can so when we're considering kind of like that that's kind of like how i figure out what i'm gonna watch and then after only after i'm done with the entire season i do a ranking and uh, the ranking is a scale of one to ten as one would assume uh, or not one would assume for me it's a one to ten and it's a quite easy scale where um, <laughs> I'm going to go through them just because this is me um, and how I do it. So at the bottom, no, it's more fun to start at the top, right? So at the top 10 is reserved for very, very few shows, things that I would call absolute perfection. And, and for me, the way I describe it is number 10. If you're a 10, you're an all-time classic. Yeah, it's quite easy to describe. If you're nine, you're, as I say, unbelievably good. It's all like vague stuff, but this this in my head makes sense. It makes 100% sense. <laughs> yeah. um, for eight, you're uh, best of the year category. Um, nine, you're really good, or I really enjoyed watching this. Um, six is I liked watching. So kind of like if I enjoyed it, it's a six. If I really enjoyed it, it's a seven. That kind of works. Five is just your average, your average television show. Um, four, I, I kind of want to go down the list. I suck. Okay. Four is some big problems with it. Three is I didn't enjoy it. Two was an absolute waste of time. <laughs> and one is I couldn't finish the show. So if I can't oh, finish okay. your season of television, you're getting a one. <laughs> and there was not a single one from this year. So that's a good sign. Oh, that's good. Um, there was only one, two. <laughs> and, uh, that was the fourth season of Westworld. God, terrible, <laughs> terrible stuff. Um, and there was only one three, which was the the season, the reboot season of Willow on Disney Plus. Mm. And other than that, we're all fours and above. Um, and so it's been a good year of television. Um, and I don't anticipate this coming year to be as good because 2022 was, for all intents and purposes, one of the best years of television in the last five, six years. And there is a writer's strike coming up soon. So we'll see how that goes and how it affects the television moving forward. So it's exciting to see. Um, I'm really looking forward to discussing all the shows today with you, Chris. And yeah, <laughs> what have you been watching recently? Okay, I'm uh, I'm going to go I'm going to to go into my honorable mentions now. I think uh, not really honor. I don't know. It's not really honorable mentions. Some of them, like there are three shows that I would say are decidedly not honorable mentions, and that's Book of Boba, the Obi Wan Kenobi show, and Echo Three. All of which I would say are like threes or fours, uh, going by your metric, which I really like, by the way. You know, go, not only assigning numerical values to something, but also thinking about what does it mean. And especially leaving a lot of space in the higher echelons that a 10 is not just a great show, but is like. A 10 is one of these things you shouldn't be giving like a lot or, or even a nine. So I'm like totally on board. There are a few things that I didn't get around to watch yet. For example, uh, the fourth season of Atlanta, which 
isn't available here yet, which is abominable. Uh, Rings of Power I haven't watched just because I didn't hear as great things about it. And some people, including you, have said, yeah, just wait until the second season and then just binge all of it. I haven't watched Tales of the Jedi yet just because I didn't get around to it. And uh, everybody's been talking about Euphoria and the second season came out last year. So I haven't watched that yet. Um, but apparently it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, there were a few shows, you know, that were pretty solid. Um, one that was just enjoyable to watch, nothing more, nothing less, was uh, Slow Horses, the second season of which came out last year. Um, one that was slightly disappointing just because it was overhyped for me from a few people uh, in my in my groups i guess in my like ab- among our friends uh and that was you know thus the my expectations i think were a little too high going in was the white lotus uh again the second season uh, in 2022 uh still really good but you know i was just i just thought this might make my top 4 and halfway through i was like no there's no way and it's yeah it, there's no way um We've talked about it on Serially Hooked, obviously, and I really liked it, but I can't say that I've thought about House of the Dragon a lot since watching it. So, you know, it's 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 really good, I think, but it was it was not like my my top four was really easy to come to, I think. Uh one thing that I like two more things that I wanted to shout out. Um, Peaky Blinders season six, which was not the best season of the show, but a solid end to it. So it was the final season. And I had been binging Peaky Blinders in 2021 and then just waited for the last season to come out. Uh, and one surprise uh, entry on the, on this list, um, was a kind of fun blast from the past, a BBC documentary series, Prehistoric Planet about dinosaurs which i remember as like a child i watched this also like a bbc documentary with like early 2000s or like late 90s uh, animation and i really like that had just really i i really liked watching that and so they did a did a new one with david attenborough and you know obviously with like pretty great animation and like digital effects and so that was just a fun uh fun little thing i watched and yeah my top four as i said was pretty easy i mean like just a quick shout out for your stuff like i mean i think a lot of what you said i wholly agree with um i mean for the record i did have uh, I mean, for the shows that you did watch, I'm not going to spoil anything that you didn't watch in terms of what rankings I had. So for mm-hmm. um, Book of Boba Fett, I had it as a, at a four and I had Obi-Wan at a five. Um, I think just because Obi-Wan started so strongly and I try to think of the season as mm-hmm. a whole, it ended flap. And uh, I was actually thinking about Boba Fett to up it to a five just because those two Mandalorian episodes were great or the one Mandalorian episode was great, but the rest of it was so bad. It probably would have been a two without the <laughs> Mandalorian episode. So I, yeah. And also uh, one thing that I do have, what I try to do is stick to my gut in terms of the ranking I gave right after the, right after the, the season ended because mm. I think memory can often cloud how we think of television and how we remember it, whether it's good or bad. So I just, you know, I wanted to 
um, keep it as is, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I think also one thing that's happy, what well, not happy, what's interesting is that Andor has changed everything about Star Wars television. Everything. Yeah. And <laughs> remembering TV before Andor is just a completely different scale, which is really, a, which mm. is a big problem. And I think it's going to, the biggest test is going to be Mandalorian season three coming up soon in a couple mm. months, Chris. Can you believe it? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's, it, it's hard not to be like, oh my god, now I want to go back and make all these shows worse than they actually were, or they were when I first did them. But I'm, I'm keeping them as they are uh, because that was my gut at the time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and what other nice. show did you mention that I'd watched? I think you mentioned The White Lotus. I did enjoy the second season. Um, I did. Uh, I actually ranked it quite highly, um, and I, I gave it a seven. I I quite yeah. enjoyed it. Um, but I think it actually, it's one of those things that I do find, I personally found the first season a lot more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but at points it can get uh, a little annoying to show what to watch it. Um, yeah. but you know, you know, to each their own it's, at this point, it is, a, it is like, um, uh, Sophie's choice, not a Sophie's choice. I don't know. The dealer's <laughs> choice. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Just, just to just to be clear, I really enjoyed White Lotus as well. I think to go with your metrics, I had, uh, I had, like anticipated it to be at least an eight on your like giving your scale, but okay. I was th- then it, I would also rank it at seven. But the way it was kind of talked about and like sold to me. I would say I had expected it to be like an eight or maybe even a nine. Uh, and then I was like, oh, no, this is quote unquote just a seven, though a seven is also really, really good. So uh, it's it's by For no sure. means. I really enjoyed watching it as well. So, Well, I'm glad to hear. And I'm excited to you know hear about your actual top four. And then we can get into my top ten. Actually, here's a proposition for you. You can take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. What I can do is I can do my ten through five. And then we can do our top fours together. How would that sound? Okay. That sounds amazing. All right. So, oh, man. Okay. So, my number 10 is a little show that I don't think any human being other than me and a few other people watched. (laughs) It's one of the least popular shows that's probably on this list. And that is a show called Irma Vep. Never heard of it. So it was probably like not the most attractive uh, premise for a television show uh, because it was an HBO miniseries that was a remake of a 1996 movie that's based on of um, a, a director uh, recreating a movie from the 1930s or 20s. So it is wow. like a really like niche, niche thing. Um, but it does star, so it stars Alicia Vikander as Mira, who's an American movie star who goes to France um, to star as Irma Vep, the title character, in a television series adaptation of the French silent film series Les Vampires. So like this is in the in the miniseries, they're shooting this movie show or they're shooting this uh, miniseries. So it's kind of, it's very meta Hollywood in that way. So it is, it's like one of those very much people talking about Hollywood, talking about the art form, talking about acting and Irma Vep or sorry, Mira, who's the actor in, or the actress in the show, or sorry, the actress in the show who's Alicia Vikander is portraying. <laughs> um, it's very confusing to talk about. 
her like ex does big Hollywood blockbusters. So there's this big like state of cinema in general. And this is also um, re you know, rehashing similar um, like state of the genre things in the late 90s when um, Olivier Assayas, who was the director of both the movie in the 90s and then also this miniseries, it's reflecting of both of these things. But I think what this show is, it's for it's not for most people, I would say, because um, it's quite slow. It's quite boring um, in some ways, uh, but it took it even took me a while to get through. But um, it was one of the most fascinating and thought provoking shows I watched the entire year. Um, I like there's just some beautiful conversations throughout this um, about questions about like, um, to, you know, in the third episode, they had this conversation at a table when they're debating whether or not cinema is art and how it, you know, some people are saying, okay, cinema captures reality even more than art, other art forms. But is that really the case or is consumerism taking over the industry? And the question is posed, are we slaves to the consumer? The we being the artists in the form. Um, and, you know, they say, quote, uh, we stretch the media to serve the online medium, and that is the opposite of art. So this debate about where is cinema going? How do the artists, the creative minds within it as they create it, um, think about what they're doing? This is all reflected in Irma, uh, Irma Vep. And then obviously, uh, not, not obviously, but then and on top of that, um, the director of the miniseries in the show, um, who is sort of like the pseudo, uh, like, uh, like, um, Olivier Asayas, like, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, character in this show, he um, deals with a lot of trauma internally and because he throws all of his trauma onto the screen and it really affects his personality. And he has these different conversations with therapists when he talks about ghosts and how he gets haunted by them. And there he's saying how ghosts have very little to do with the dead. They're made more, they're more about what's dead inside of us more about the past that lives within it's just a really wow. cool like reflection of life about grief about and art as i mentioned as a whole and i mean there's some beautiful quotes like um in episode four there's a quote that i just had to write down and it says time buries pain but the wound remains and it's just a beautiful conversation between them um i mean in episode seven they have um a conversation where they talk about the value of film like, do we, they had question, do we need movies? Are movies art? And there's a quote said, movies are a portal into some sort of spiritual world. So there's a spirituality behind this that is, is, is a theme throughout the show. I would, I'd really recommend people watch it if they're really interested in these kinds of deep themes and, you know, shows that are just about people having conversations in rooms. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not at all an easy watch, but I think that's a really exciting watch for me uh, because it's really, really reflective of so many deep themes and it's just so beautifully written and oh, I just love the show. I think it's one of the best. Um, I, it's sad that it's my number 10, but it's just been such a great um, year of television. So that's what I'm starting with. Great start. And we have nine more to go. Nine things that you like more than this. So, wow. The, okay, so I'm not going to have this many quotes and specific points in all these shows. <laughs> like behind the curtain, I was actually planning to do a, a weekly hook about Irmavep as I was watching it. Um, so it was so I was writing these things down as the show was going on, but in the end, it kind of got pushed back with other things. So unfortunately, I didn't get to Irmavep as a whole weekly hook. I think it deserves it, um, but I think it deserves um, a spot on this list for sure. And it's, it's just phenomenal. So go check it out if you have the patience. 
All right. So uh, my uh, number. What are you at? Did I do? I just did ten. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, my number ten nine. Wow. My number nine is another HBO miniseries called We Own This City. Yeah, another another one that I just have never heard about. <laughs> this tends to be the themes with a lot of shows that I watch, um, especially in this <laughs> lower tier of the top 10, because I feel like a lot of people have heard of the best shows of the year, but the ones at the bottom of tier are just personal preference, a lot of them. But um, another miniseries I'd really recommend watching. Um, it's a miniseries created by David Simon, who is the creator of The Wire. Um, if you haven't heard of that show, please, you know, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. Uh, go watch it <laughs> as soon as I possible. Have heard. I have heard. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, The Wire is, uh, you know, by many people is is regarded as the best show ever. So if you haven't seen it, you should go watch The Wire. Um, but this show is also set in Baltimore uh, regarding the police department in Baltimore. And it details the rise and fall of the Baltimore Police Department's gun tra- trace task force and the corruption surrounding it. And the story centers around Sergeant Wayne Jenkins, who is played by John Bernthal, and in my opinion, the performance of the year. Mm. The He is by far, I think, by far and away best actor of the year uh, for drama in my mind, or in any genre, honestly. Um, he's one of eight officers who were convicted on various corruption charges in 2018 and 2019. This show is so intense to watch. It is another hard to watch in a different way, in the way that it is so emotional and so real. I mean, and it's it is it is just so realistic as well. And it's so hard to follow because in the way that Damon Simon writes a show, he's not forgiving in any way. He just writes it as it is. So there's no like unnecessary dialogue, there's no unnecessary exposition. The 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 in the ins and out of the police department there is no television creator who knows his stuff more than david simon i mean who was a journalist for so long working with the police department so he knows how this works so well it is one of the beautiful things about this show is that it also is it it i think is one of the best depictions of non-linear narratives i've ever seen the flashbacks wow. integrated into the like the present are sometimes you it's so it's chaotic in a way you don't know what's going on but the cues the way it's shown and depicted it is an absolutely incredible thing because it jumps different timelines in terms of how this gun trace task force got created became corrupted what it did and the different crimes they committed and then also how they were convicted later on and it is it is beautiful and different layers of all the corruption and all the things that go into running a city like Baltimore and all the crime that went into it. Um, I mean, on the streets, but as well as committed by the police officers, it is very real and current. And if you don't have the stomach for some, uh, like some of the, like the most brutal uh, crimes against citizens by police departments, uh, I wouldn't recommend watching it. But for those of you who, who are, would be willing to watch something like this, I think it's an incredible reflection on, on, police brutality and and issues especially towards african americans in the united states and there is no more current show in my mind politically but also creatively um than this one that sounds amazing i'm definitely gonna check that out yeah it's so good it's so good oh man uh, i'm just so happy just like reflecting on all of these <laughs> <laughs> all right now we get to a, a 
bunch of shows that I have nowhere, no, I'm so confused about what to do with them. But I'm going to say <laughs> uh, my number eight, and I'm not going to say much about it because I don't want to spoil it for you. But my number Ooh. eight is the last season of Atlanta. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta, obviously created by Donald Glover. Um, uh, Hiro Murai is a, is a director, executive producer. Um, a great show. Uh, a lot of people think that the third season dipped. In my mind, I thought the third, the third season would also release in 2022. Was uh, was quite good. Um, it it didn't reach the top 10 for me in terms of seasons of television, but the fourth season of Atlanta, the final season, I think takes a step up. It's in some ways, some of the best vintage Atlanta. Um, and in other ways, it's just so creative. I mean, there is no bolder show on television than Atlanta. A show from the very beginning does what it wants to do. Don't doesn't give a crap about what anyone else thinks. And it is just... I there's there's one particular episode. We'll talk about the season when you watch it, but there's one particular episode that is just just stands out to me so well. And that's all I'm gonna say, uh, because I don't want to spoil things to you for you, Chris. I apologize for spoiling this much. No, this is all fine. Uh yeah, I'm just I've I'm checking like my Disney Plus every every week or so to see is is it finally available here and why the fuck is it not? <laughs> so I'm eagerly, eagerly awaiting it. And this is a promise to all the listeners out there. We will do a weekly hook on the last season of Atlanta as soon as Chris gets access to it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, such a great show. And I, I just I just want to watch this this season. So just waiting for it. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be so happy to talk about it. And thanks for not spoiling anything. <laughs> thanks for the restraint. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll get to talk about all of it in a few weeks or months yeah yeah for sure all right um so my number seven we're at number seven now um my number seven is um an hulu miniseries called fleischman is in trouble i feel like i've heard about that but i have no idea what it is about so please <laughs> please illuminate me so it's another miniseries, um, FX on Hulu. FX is also the creator of Atlanta. You can see how some of my favorite stuff recur around certain prestige or like, you know, artisty networks mm. like FX and HBO. But it's a show created by Taffy Brodesser Ackner, who wrote a book. Um, at, at, it's, it's an adaptation of her book that she wrote in 2019. And it stars um, Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, a really like star-studded main cast. And it, the premise is that it it follows a main character, uh, Toby Fleischman, who's portrayed by Jesse Eisenberg, um, who is a recently divorced man in his 40s who's using resorting to using dating apps for the first time. And as he begins to find success, he never found in his youth, his ex-wife, Rachel, who's played by Claire Danes, uh, disappears. Um, leaving him with their kids. Ooh. And um, as he balances looking after his children uh, and a promotion at work and all these different women, he realizes a lot of things and da-da-da and his friendships. It's about relationships with friendships and family and responsibility and kids. And um, it is it is about so much more than that as well, obviously, um, because <laughs> some of the conversations they have about life, about directionality, about mundaneity, about uh, about what to do with the future and the present. And it is the perfect um, 
show for people i mean this is not me obviously but this is for people who are in like in their mid to late 40s who have started settling down and have like are dealing with the so-called passing of youth but then also where does that go with their life and the choices that they've made to reach to that point and the different struggles that come along with that in some ways this show is in my mind, one of the best written shows of the year. Um, there's a couple monologues, especially um, by Lizzie Kaplan as well. Claire Danes has one, but Lizzie Kaplan has one in the second, the penultimate episode, which is absolutely incredible. Um, not the penultimate episode, the, the sorry, episode six. Um, but it is, it it's just so emotional in the way that people talk about, about life and about, um, how to deal with, how to really reconcile with oneself in the future and the past, as well as how to move forward with the responsibilities as of, that come as the consequences of the choices that we make and how we have to live with our choices for our lives. It's an absolutely incredible show. And what happens if you're you're unsatisfied with the, the results of the choices that you've made? How do you deal with that? And these characters are, are kind of are reacting to that all within this really interesting context. And then on top of that, so the main show I mentioned, it's about Toby Fleischman, right? And his perspective. But then the show does an amazing job of building out Clara Dane's character, Rachel, his ex-wife as well. And it comes out of nowhere. You all of a sudden get a completely different and nuanced perspective of another character as another main. And it all comes together in this beautiful symphony of different characters and different perspectives and how two different people can see the same thing completely differently. Oh, 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 okay. One of the most exciting things about this show is how it shows, um, and this is, might be like a little bit morbid for some, not morbid, but not sad for some people, but it shows how like beautiful early love and relationships can be and how that can be um, just like, the momentum of love and then how that can be broken down with time and how that turns into resentment and issues of life and responsibility come the way of that and how we change with the con as a consequence of of the situations in life that we we are dealing with and and it is a, it's just about relationships and families and people just being people and it's an incredible show and it's it's also very current in that way because it is about this this new life in, in modernity for these people who are like in their mid to late 40s. So incredible show. I'd really recommend watching it. I mean, of, of the cast, for me, Lizzie Kaplan stars. She also narrates the show. She narrates the show to you as a list, as a, as a viewer. But also Clara Danes has super standout performance. Both of them incredible. What a great show. Fleischman is in trouble. Check it out. That sounds also pretty good. Wow. Cool. I take this stuff seriously. <laughs> I guess I'm not finished with binging shows uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. This is just so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so uh, my next one uh, is uh, my number six show. And I will keep my description short uh, because it. Well, I did a whole podcast a weekly hook about this. So should go check it out. So my number six is Severance. Um, it is the light science fiction um, show uh, starring Adam Scott, and I think the season finale is probably the single best episode of television of the entire year. And for that alone, it kind of has to come up the rankings. It's a great concept, really fascinating. The visuals are incredible. I love the show. Um, for me, it comes, you know, it, I just can't speak so highly enough of it. It's number six. We had a whole episode on it. Go check it out. 
severance uh we have a weekly hook yeah that's it yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> all right and my number five before we start alternating our top fours my number five is another show i did an entirely entire weekly hook on so go check that out um it is the bear of the fx mm-hmm. show which was renewed for season two so i'm very excited to see season two um the bear another great show um uh, about um a man who uh comes back to chicago to run his family's um uh italian beef shop uh he came up in the world of fine dining so it's a clash of different cultures and and fam- familial desires and stuff like that incredibly emotional gripping um the best monologue of the year maybe outside of andor um but there is a seven um a seven minute monologue in the penultimate episode which is an incredible absolutely incredible performance i i i just cannot recommend it highly enough but we talked about this all again on a weekly hook so go check out the weekly hook at the bear <laughs> go watch the show it is it is beautiful 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 so yeah so that's my top uh five and i guess now we're gonna alternate top fours um so chris mm-hmm. what do you got for me at number four uh you just mentioned it my number four is severance yeah boy severance (laughs) i so this is a show i kind of had to warm up to but i did in a big way so the first few i think okay so the premise is the idea of it is amazing it's very intriguing the way it just builds up things the world building is fantastic it has this like wacky humor and it's like really i mean it is kind of a thriller but I feel it's still subdued in its way, and it has a great a lot of great commentary about like the like workspace and our relationship to work in our lives, and just what you know what is consciousness as well, sort of, and what makes a person um, capitalism, obviously, also our favorite, <laughs> our favorite topic, um, and yeah, I don't know, I, I think. I think I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think at first I thought, okay, Adam Scott might be miscast because he, he is not like he doesn't do it for me. But again, I warmed up to him. The first it took me a few episodes. I think I didn't really know him from anything else. But uh, and I know he's been a big like a, an actor in some big big shows. But I just haven't watched them um, as as I do or don't, I suppose. And yeah, I I just warmed up to him. I thought the entire idea was great it was yeah and i think the last episode i think you're spot on it's fucking fantastic and you know if you know the behind the scenes it was supposed to end in a different way and then ben stiller intervened and said why don't we do it this way and yeah he was right and i never thought i'd like something that ben stiller made but here i am (laughs) It's an, just an incredible show. It's hard to talk so much about it. And I'm really glad that you really enjoyed it. And actually, if I'm not going to lie, for me as well, it took me a couple of episodes to really get into it. But once I got into it, it was h- so hard to stay away. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just like the reveals at the end is just and how it builds up. And oh, my God, it's so good. <sighs> okay, so what's your number four? Just a quick thing. I had to mute myself because I had to basically do like a silent scream of joy right now. Like I'm having so much fun. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good. Uh, 
Yeah, and I think that's also a testament to you in doing your weekly hook uh, because you didn't really spoil anything. I, there wasn't anything in my mind because, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I went into this a few times before on the show where my brain is an asshole in that it latches onto all of the spoilers that I know and then I can never forget them. And so it kind of ruins shows for me, but you did a really good job of like not spoiling anything and just selling the show to me. So thank you a lot, like a lot for that. We might want to have a conversation about it now that we've both seen it, like a spoiler filled conversation, mm -hmm. because I think it's a show. Maybe we could do that before season two comes because it's coming up soon. So that could be a really mm -hmm. cool thing to do. Put that in the Absolutely. filing cabinet for the future. Yeah. All right. So where were we? My number four, right? Four. Yeah. All right, number four. Um, oh man, such good shows, man. Okay, so uh, <laughs> my number four this year was the third season of Barry. I don't know if you're gonna be aghast or appalled, but I have never heard of this show. Uh, so please tell me all about it. And it's okay. third season. Oh my god, Barry. Uh, I don't know where to begin. It's just. Uh, Chris, you have to watch it. You would absolutely lose your mind over the show. It's so good. Um, <laughs> this is so just to give a premise of the whole show, I guess, as a whole. Um, so Barry is a dark comedy crime drama um, created by Alec Berg and Bill Hader. And Hader stars as the, the lead on the show um, as Barry Berkman, who's a hitman from Cleveland who travels to Los Angeles to kill someone, but then finds himself joining an acting class and uh, who which, which is taught by uh, um henry winkler um and then he begins to question his path in life and he wants to become an actor <laughs> it is such wow. a funny premise it's so dark so hilarious it is great writing great performance it's so original it is one of the best directed shows on television period it is so exciting to watch this season was It had, I mean, every season, it's been three seasons. Every season has been gold. It is incredible. Um, and if you if you just, like, want to have a good time, but also, like, the love dark humor or like dark humor and appreciate good writing, directing, characters, all of the above, it is, it's an easy watch. It is hilarious. It's exciting. It's one of those shows that when it's on, I can't wait for the premiere time. And I just watch it immediately because it is that exciting. And what's incredible as well is the fluidity of the direction because not only is it so like – because it's kind of easy to direct comedies for the most part. I stick a couple cameras. People like look at each other, turn to the camera every once in a while or whatever. It's not that hard to do multi-cam comedy, single-cam comedies. But this is not directed like a comedy. It is directed like a serious show and a serious drama. But it has – and it has a lot of those in them. And for example, in this season, episode six, um, seven, ten – north or 710n um it is actually in my mind one of the best directed or if not the best directed acting um action sequence in all of television this year and it's on a comedy show it is absolutely wow. incredible um it is it's yeah it's emotional it's not really the most emotional but that's kind of the funny part about it because it's dark dark humor dark emotion in that way it i'd really recommend it it's yeah it's just such a great and funny show with a fun premise and I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, and it's in my top four for a reason. And again, oh, show it's on HBO. HBO, um, I have to spread the gospel about this show. Watch it. Sounds amazing. 
So I guess it's my turn now, and I'm getting nervous because this is where things get difficult. Um, th my so finding my top four was pretty easy, and it was very clear to me that Severance was my number four. But the number like one, two, three, it's I don't I don't know. It's almost impossible to rank them in my mind, and I think. I think this might be one of these moments where I will regret what I'm going don't to do be it. doing. Don't do it. Um, don't do it. <laughs> uh, there is recency bias here, I think, um, where the more, you know, the shows I've watched last are kind of ranked higher a little bit, I think. Dear God, Chris, if you do it, I'm going to quit the podcast. <laughs> I guess this is the last episode of Serially Hooked History <laughs> because my number three pick is Andor. Oh my God, no. What? I, I just, what? I How? Okay, Um, <laughs> defend yourself. I know. Okay, so this, I think, again, I think. How this is it number three? Me. Wait, what? This is a <laughs> recent. Mm. Okay, do your thing. Okay, defend yourself. We're okay. It's, yeah. it's, I'm just hurt I, uh... to my core and I'll never forgive you, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the only one that I haven't binged of all of these shows in my top four. I think that's part of it as well. And I think, I mean, it's the best Star Wars show so far. It's one of, if not the best thing to come out of Star Wars. Uh, it's a great show in and of itself. Has great politi political topics. We've talked about it. Namek and Luthen as political theorists, all of that stuff. Great writing and performances amazing soundtrack the quote that i will forever remember oppression breeds rebellion and has this great monologue well calm down on the about. positives calm down on the positives we know the positives i'm going to talk about andar you know that as well <laughs> defend defend why it's as low as number three for you here this is what you need to talk it's about it's not right low now, though i it honestly is. like my my top three are all basically on the same level okay, and so okay. it's really okay difficult I, like literally i think it is just if i go through my top three they're all the same level and i think they're literally ranked just the one i watched last is the number one the one that i watched before that is number two and the one i watched before that is number three that is all it comes down to so basically it is a shared number one if you want to do it that way okay and i'm okay <laughs> let's do it i mean i if if you allow me to cheat once again with a top four i can just I'm just going to say that uh, I just talked about Andor first because it's the first in the alphabet. Like it's literally <laughs> for me, it is like I'm I'm not kidding you. These three uh, shows for me are all on the same level. Like there's That's nothing fine. really. You made your choice. Andor's like, third. It's no problem. No <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well. Uh, I'm sorry, Rashad, but that's that's just how I felt in the moment I made this list. Uh, I hope you can we 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 can get through this. Uh, and uh, yeah, what's your number three? Somehow I will I will get through this. I, I I don't know how I don't see how that's gonna happen, but you know we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I like I was so aghast. I had to like reach for these cookies that are on the table, and I just started eating the cookies because I just was like <laughs> I, I I can't I can't I can't deal with it. But it's fine. Yeah. You know you know even the, those who who those who you love the most are the most who will disappoint you the most, right? 
That's how wow. it works. Ouch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm kidding. It's no big deal, of course. Um, or is it? Yeah, you know, whatever. So <laughs> my number three is um, beautiful show. I love it as well. It's a show on FX on Hulu. <laughs> I'm just repeating myself over and over again here. Um, <laughs> and it's a show that I have. I done a weekly hook on it. I can't remember. You can actually tell me if I have or not. But it is called uh, Reservation Dogs. Oh, yeah, that was another one on, that I forgot to mention that uh, I meant to watch, just didn't get around to it, uh, even though, you know, it came with a lot of high praise. And now that it's so high up your list, of course, it's going to be the next one I'm going to watch. Yeah, I mean, it is the third season or the second season. Sorry. So it's I don't really. Yeah, it's the second season. So it's it's not that much of a commitment at this point. Uh, but I definitely recommend watching it, obviously. I think I mentioned it uh, when the first season was running on the episode we had with Emma. Shout out to Emma and shout out to that weekly hook. You should definitely go check it out. But I, you know, I definitely had a great time watching it. It's a show, as I said, on FX. Um, and it follows the life of four um, indigenous Native American teenagers in rural Oklahoma. Just as they spend their days, you know, just living. Uh, committing petty crimes, getting over trauma, dealing with their life. Um, and uh, the basic premise of the show is that after the death of their friend Daniel, one year prior to the events of the show, the gang wrestles with a, a desire to move to California, whether to move on or stay behind, and the way that Daniel dreamed of doing one day. Uh, but they first need to tie up loose ends. And in the second season, um, they're still experiencing, gr experiencing grief, um, and they're just coping with humor and facing adult challenges, uh, financial and family responsibilities, all these things about life and just simplicity. And it's just such a great show that ports you into a world so effectively. How often do you get to experience something? I mean, one of the beautiful things about television is that you can experience something new. You can really feel life in a different through a different set of eyes. And this show does it better than any show I've seen on television this year. Uh, and it is a beautiful, like, it's an authentic show in the way that it, um, not only is it um, the first show to feature all Indigenous writers and directors and an almost entirely Indigenous North American cast, it is the first show all, all to be, um, it's the first series to be filmed entirely in Oklahoma, on set, on the reservation. It's created by Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. It is a beautiful kind of depiction of life in a way that is so simple, but um, it's it's gorgeous in its simplicity. And I think that we get wrapped up or some of us get wrapped up in some of the big moments on television, the big things. And um, it's really about um, how life moves forward step by step. And that is just like, this show is the perfect, it's just you're along for the ride every week. And it's just so exciting. I'd really recommend Reservation Dogs. And it's going to continue as a show. So, uh, you know, continue watching it. Support a show like this that is um, giving, vo giving voice to people whose voices are um, historically under underheard. And also uh, just supporting an art, like just great artists working. And, you know, spend your time watching the show. It's incredible. Apologies to anyone who wanted to meet up in February. I, I, I'm not <laughs> done with watching shows. I guess that's going to be my next few weekends. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's incredible. I, I mean, I can't I can't speak highly enough of it. And I mean, it, it's among great company and television shows. But here we are. Yeah. Nice. Okay. My number two, again, kind of my number one, just going alphabetically or whatever. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Um, sure. <laughs> um, it's the bear. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. The bear's great. Um, the bear's great. I'm so glad you liked it. <laughs> it's so good. What a great show. I'm so happy it's renewed for season two. Yeah. It, I just, I watched it, I think all in like, I don't know if I watched it on, all on one day or on two days, like on a weekend, but it's fucking amazing, this show. It really nails like toxic work and familial relationships coping mechanisms and like addiction and how it affects the people who take drugs and those around them um every character every single character in this show is chef's kiss worthy in terms of a clear idea of their personality their wants and needs and fears and hopes and dreams and just fucking perfect casting and amazing performances like all like to this to the like smallest part has amazing portrayal of food and restaurants i think within five minutes of watching the show i knew why you loved it and um has a great soundtrack as well um the one thing that i didn't like as much was the like deus ex machina ending i found it a little bit like yes okay Okay, now you got it did you get the reference (laughs) that i made on our podcast uh i i don't remember <laughs> i don't oh, remember okay. that episode i'm sorry but uh yeah but in a way it's also please like please talk about your reference but um like you know whilst i found it super annoying i also found it like absurd and like a little bit funny that way it's like of course this is happening but uh so i could forgive it a little bit but still that is the one thing that i didn't like about it but please what 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 you were talking about in the episode remind me i'm not going to talk about it like in detail just because i don't want to give spoilers but um yeah. you know that ending of the show how things kind of just get resolved for the for the uh for the for the uh the the financial problems for the restaurant at the end is just like absolutely ridiculous like i mean i couldn't yeah. I, I just couldn't i just like i think that ending brought the show down at least like one or two uh spots um but yeah. okay with that said i think it was like perfection other than that and it was an yeah, absolutely incredible I, ride i think it's the best bingeable show this year in my mind yeah, uh but for sure it's just oh, so good performances jeremy <laughs> allen white it's just like i can't i can't believe it it's really 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 well done yeah it's just and like the cinematography is fucking knocking it out of the park as well like so anxiety inducing with all of the things going on it's so meticulous and economical about sort of it's um like uh, of how much information it presents in uh, like a very short period of time i watched like this youtube essay the other day about how they basically like they have like they had this like 55 second clip in which you basically get the entire show and it's all in this 55 seconds without feeling entirely cramped i think it's just it's just a real portrayal of like like lives and just yeah just going back to the uh cinematography and everything uh like just this really fast-paced action the food prep and interpersonal communication both of which can be like just quicker quicker quick has this rapid editing that just really adds to it um 
though you don't really need a cut to achieve all of this like this feeling of like chaos and everything's like all over the place uh, i refer to you i refer you to the 17 minute shot in the penultimate episode that just is that that episode was just was like a, a nightmare in the best possible way uh just sensory overload all over this show i loved it so much again like the characters feel true to life the fucking monologue in the last episode you talked about it that i think i actually and yeah again this is this is uh blasphemy but i actually slightly preferred it over luthens uh just because there was more emotion in it like in terms of writing they're both amazing but in terms of performance this one i just think was like a little bit higher up for me and yeah it's just it's it's just as good as andor is for me maybe you know again maybe not the ending but the rest of it is fucking perfection uh, it's just more personal and less abstract i think for me and uh yeah so that's why it's i guess my number two and it was this funny thing where i uh where i watched it and i thought okay this is gonna be a great show rashad spoke really highly of it it's it's has it has a great premise and then i don't know which episode it was but like midway somewhere like midway through i thought oh yeah this this is like this could be as good as andor and then as as further along it got it was like oh is it is it really like as good as Andor? Like, is it actually pulling it off? And then when I saw the monologue, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is this might be this might that monologue might be what takes it just like like point oh 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 one percent above it." And uh, in my you know in my personal opinion, uh, and yeah, it's just fucking incredible. The the two monologues I've watched most in my life over the past year has been have been the the bear monologue and the Luthen monologue and just like on YouTube yeah. just over and over again because it is just so much emotion it is so beautiful it yeah it's it's like you're not gonna get me to say anything bad about the bear except for the ending <laughs> but I think that ending <laughs> is, is 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 a big problem for me personally of the season but mm-hmm. uh it, it's you know it doesn't it shouldn't take away from such an amazing show so. Yeah. yeah i think I, I just i just like i was kind of annoyed and almost like angry at the show for it but i just discounted it i was like yeah whatever it's like it's really stupid but it's also funny in a way uh but yeah it doesn't make any sense so i get why uh why you why you you know took it down a few spots just for that yeah, and I think like when we're splitting hairs of all these great shows, these are all shows you should watch. Like, you should yeah, not yeah. like you know, yeah, they're all worth your time, and we wouldn't be here telling you about them. And I wouldn't have watched you know over thirty seasons of television this year to kind of whittle them down for you, um, so if, to not recommend it. So you should definitely watch them. So what's your number two? My number two is um, I've had a whole episode on it. You can just refer to that. It is the final season of Better Call Saul. Oh, of course. Uh, a season of television I won't forget. A season of television with so much drama, so many amazing things going on in it. Uh, we did a whole weekly hook on it. Um, it is incredible performances, culminations of a decade plus long of television, if you include the Breaking Bad series and Better Call Saul, which are together absolutely incredible. It is 
you know, there, there's nothing else I can say that this is show is like this show is a show I'll remember forever. And this season of television in it was they just did it. Like how many shows falter at the land at the, like falter at the ending or like or don't stick the landing and that like like the bear like the bear or like any other show like there's so many great shows out there that just don't stick the landing and the way that this show stuck the landing and not only stuck it once it stuck it twice because there's different kinds of landings with different like subplots and stuff like that it's really hard to speak about it without spoiling anything but this show is is like sheer perfection and and for the entire year or almost the entire year, this show was the only 10 of the year for me. And um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, there's another one coming up. But uh, <laughs> th- this this show is, you know, it sets the bar for everything else to come underneath it. And it is a, it's just an absolute joy to watch every episode. It's, it's an, a, a pleasure. I just feel, you know, when I watch this show, I just feel honored to be in the presence of these creators and that's that's the highest uh, you know the highest honor I could potentially give onto a television show. So, Better Call Saul, the finale, the final, the final season, unforgettable. Now, now I'm really wondering whether my number one, you just haven't watched it, or you just didn't like it <laughs> because it, you haven't mentioned it so far. I guess uh, we'll find out. I mean, there's a good chance I didn't yeah. watch it because there is stuff that I didn't get to this year for sure. Yeah, there was. And, I, I think uh, there was fifty-one episodes, seasons of television that I wanted to get to, and I could only get okay. to like you know, you know, thirty-three or so. So okay. uh, I'm excited to see what you have to what you have to bring to the table. What's your number one? Okay, my number one is Pachinko. I uh, never got to it. Yeah, it's another show that kind of grew on me. I just watched it thinking, yeah, this is just going to be like a really beautiful little show. But then I just found myself like being drawn in. It just it looks fucking gorgeous. Like the cinematography is amazing. Um, I will say there's quite a lot of pathos in this in this show, but also kind of I didn't mind when when I watched it. Um, it's about this sort of intergenerational struggle of a family coming from uh, Korea to Japan and uh, a lot. It's, it's like very intergenerational, very multilingual, dare I say, transcultural. Oh, my God, you said the word. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the magic word. Uh, and yeah, it, it does this amazing thing that I've never seen a show do where or like any kind of media really where it is it's like taking place and or there are like three languages in it english korean and japanese and it's basically they have different color differently colored subtitles in my version obviously i watched the english one and then they have i think it was blue subtitles for japanese and orange for korean and it's it, it it has like six different like periods in which it takes place and yeah it again is multi-generational so the the young woman we we start out with is like the grandma in the in like the as close to the present day as it gets i think in like the early 90s i think 1992 or something like that and so it spans like this 80 year um time span and 
deals with a lot of trauma, especially like gener intergenerational trauma, of course, as we go through the different time periods. But xenophobia and imperialism, and in this case, you know, Japanese imperialism in Korea. And I think this show just has a lot of empathy for everyone involved. And it shows you all of the different, even the like, quote unquote, bad people, like, not not necessarily the like nameless Japanese soldiers that discriminate against Koreans in Korea, but like people like there is, for example, this uh, Korean man who has lived in Japan and is going back to Korea and is kind of a Japanese official in that way. Uh, but there and, you know, he is he is not a great person, but we we kind of as as we get to know him and his past, we kind of see how he came to be uh this person and just you can't it's just i don't know it's like a kind of an epic uh show in that like in its scope and i just love the interplay especially the like second generation third generation with with like language of uh mixing all the three languages where you know they'd speak to each other in korean but there would be these random korean words especially by you know it and it changes from uh generation to generation like the grandma doesn't really use that much korea uh, that much japanese uh the son kind of does like almost speaks exclusively japanese and uh the the grandson also but he is he like there are these like different especially familial words that they still use the Korean words, which which was just like a fascinating, you know, and very true to life. I think, you know, how how language develops, especially, um, you know, in a um, migratory like um, aspect. And yeah, I said like the cinematography is pretty pretty stunning, and the performances are really really great. Uh, just a very intriguing story and yeah it's just all of these different things and when you'd think you know six timelines so many characters but i never lost track of anything which i think is also you know i think it's like eight episodes or something maybe 10 i, I don't remember but just i just i just ended up wanting more and more of it and I'm, I mean, I know that it's been, you know, there, there is a second season coming and I'm really looking forward to it. It's not, as you, as you mentioned as well, there wasn't this, like, it's not a spectacular, like jaw dropping thing, this show, but it's just, it's just very true to life. And so, uh, that it can, yeah, it kind of grew on me. And in the end I was like, ah, oh, this was like even though like horrible things happen in it, I thought like, yeah, this is really great. And the premise of it and how they have actually implemented it is really great. And I hope that we'll see more of this type of show in the future. Yeah. I just never got to it. Unfortunately. Um, I think it's on the list. Uh, I hope I do get to it this year, but there's just so much television always coming out. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to keep up with everything. And I'm glad that, you know, you, brought uh, that show on the table um a quick question though random question do you prefer binging shows or watching them week to week uh it depends i don't know like i like 
it both of it both has like advantages i think like for a show like andor i think it's great because it just there's just so much tension like i think severance is another instance of that where oh this is just so like you want to talk about it with people you want to build this tension i think with severance to a point it was fine that i binged it i didn't like binge it as much as like you know pachinko or um or the bear which i think are two pretty bingeable shows uh, uh but I, yeah i think it just depends on the show usually i would say i like um spreading it out a little bit maybe not waiting an entire week but maybe you know watching like perfect world one episode per day so i have a little bit of time to like think about it and you know let it sink in uh, maybe talk to someone about it if they have also watched it and uh, yeah that that'd be my preferred way of watching but yeah o overall i think it just depends on the show what about you I think when I was younger, the answer definitely would have been binging. I've spent a lot of time binging stuff, but I think <laughs> yeah. over the past few years, I've really gotten to the point where I like, especially these kinds of shows that I think are just so beautiful. I love to let them sit and I like to wait week to week or maybe less or sometimes more, depending on what it is, and just come back to it because then I feel that that transportation into a different world. I, I just really like that uh, coming in and out uh, as much as possible. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of where I'm at now. Uh, we'll see if that changes in the future. But for now, I think I would definitely say I prefer week to week. Yeah, I think it's it's this really interesting phenomenon now in streaming as well, where that was the allure of streaming, especially like when Netflix was like the big player. Like, oh my God, you can now have everything right there and you can just watch all of it. You can just binge it. And now there's this sort of binging fatigue and especially like Disney has has done a really good job of kind of building anticipation by just ha like releasing an episode a week of certain shows. And uh, I think yeah, Apple does it too. And I think that is the right way to go about it. And yeah, I mean, again, maybe it depends on the show, like the bigger ones make sense to kind of you know, have them spread out. And yeah, it's, I think what you, what you just said, you know, a few years ago, a lot of people were just, oh my God, I love binging shows. It's the greatest thing. And now everybody's kind of tired of it and it's kind of exhausting. And I was like, no, I want to give it like going back to more linear television where, where you didn't have a choice. <laughs> you had to wait and people now kind of you know, go back to that. And I think that's kind of a fascinating development. For all intents and purposes, we're just going back to TV. We have all these different yeah. channels. We have weekly shows. We wait for them. Every every network, I think, except for Netflix, just always does it week to week, I think, or almost yeah. always does it week to week. And then... Yeah, so it's just like we're 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 in TV now. Like that's like like surprise, surprise. <laughs> and like with how Netflix is going, you know, we have ad breaks now again. Yay! Isn't that great? Netflix <laughs> has ads now. What? Yeah, Netflix has ads now. Like depending on the t like the subscription you have, you can get like a bay like the like the cheapest uh, subscription. You can you have ads. Got it. Yeah, Hulu's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know for me, for me as well. Um, it's it's been a really fascinating 
like thing to to see um i mean you you've talked about a lot about like hulu fx and for me living in germany it's a lot of those shows are actually on apple tv plus so apple tv plus has really been a great subscription because i've watched so many shows like i if i go through all of my shows like uh like three out of my top four the only one being the only exception being ando that is on disney obviously all of my other three shows severance the bear and pachinko were are on apple tv plus you have the like prehistoric planet you have uh, slow horses and uh, echo 3 which by the way don't watch that that's crap uh all of those shows are on there and i feel like apple tv plus has finally kind of found its place which is really interesting and hbo for the longest time has been like the the network for like these great shows and i think it still has these sort of shows but it's interesting to to see the more recent kind of uh, services that have been started finding their place and the kind of shows that they do and it's yeah it's just a fascinating thing to behold i think and it's so funny like the only show that i watched this year that was on netflix was peaky blinders that had had been like a netflix a little show forever uh and every everything else is just on different streaming services so yeah Go Apple TV Plus is what I'm saying. But now let's talk about a different show that's on a different streaming service. You really liked your transition um, when I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say that like, yeah, I canceled my own Netflix maybe about a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, and I haven't looked back. There's a couple shows that I want to do for that. I use a friend's Netflix or whatever, but like, Netflix, I mean, it's just not a, it's just like, it's just not, they're not coming out with good content. They haven't come to, came out with good shows for quite a while. It was my least used service, like for years and years. So it really, it's about like Apple TV has really come up in, in its own way. It's surprising to me that the bear was on Apple TV because it wasn't FX on Hulu show. Um, it's it's surprised that on abroad it wasn't Disney Plus um, because that's what tends to happen, right? But yeah, so I I wonder um, exactly um, what's gonna come of that, um, but in the end, um, I think for me it's it's Hulu, uh, FX, and HBO, and I, Apple TV would be third in that in that like list of like okay, who is the yeah. what are the networks creating the best stuff out there, um, and I mean they're just like those are the three. I mean, and Disney Plus obviously for Star Wars and Marvel or whatever or those kinds of Pixar these kinds of things like Disney yeah. Plus has those there's has the most it's funny because like disney plus has the most like purpose in the way that it has this is our thing you need this stuff you're gonna watch it here like <laughs> that's like it's the most universal i think of all of them uh, because everyone who has kids needs disney plus and everyone who like you know likes pixar or star wars or marvel or any of these big ip things like will want disney plus and eventually because yeah. hulu and fx are both owned by disney they're gonna be in Disney Plus eventually. There's gonna be some sort of consolidation. So it, it's 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 coming. It's coming. So I wonder what's gonna happen moving forward. So uh, it's an interesting landscape. Yeah, I have to. I have to. I, I have to correct myself. Of course, the bear was on Disney Plus. I'm very sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just okay. undermining my entire argument. But uh, <laughs> I just I I misre I misremembered. 
yeah. Obviously so for the record, your yeah. two, your your top four was, um, uh, what was it? Tw- 10, 10, oh, sorry, two two. Um, HBO, uh, sorry, uh, Apple TV and uh, Disney Plus, right? Disney, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, technically, exactly. one is Hulu, one is Disney Plus, but it's fine. So for me, mm-hmm. um, okay, HBO was um, one, two, three. Three of them were HBO. Disney Plus was only one. Um, Hulu had uh, one, two, three, four. That's probably the most, obviously. So Hulu had four, and then Severance is Apple TV. So that's the one for Apple TV, and then um, AMC is Better Call Saul. So it it kind of rings true when I say Disney, like Hulu and HBO are still it for me, uh, but or FX and Hulu are still uh, FX and HBO are still it for me. But it's exciting to see um, how this next year will come out in terms of the shows. Hmm. But we haven't talked about my number one. I'm not going to really belabor it too much. <laughs> Because the number one that I'm going to bring to surprise no one is Andor. What? It's so funny. <laughs> I was literally going to say, I'm not going to joke about this. It doesn't deserve to be joked about because it's so good. <laughs> and here you are, Chris, ruining my flavor. Um, well. <laughs> such a good show. Um, and for me, when I think about my favorite shows from the year, I mean, this whole exercise is that. Like, what are the shows we'll remember? What are the shows that we love the most? And there's no show, like, week to week more that I loved more than Andor. Um, I loved podcasting about it with you. Obviously, we've done so much about it. So just go reference and listen to all that. Um, it was an incredible show. Did three shows in one, basically, or three different <laughs> narratives all in one, which is, and all of them were top, top, top notch. Um, hmm. I just, like... It's this is the year of Andor. Like that's what it comes down to. Like this is the this is the show we're gonna remember from this year and the show that changed everything with Star Wars TV and in some ways changed everything with all of IP television. And that should not go unrewarded because this show is not only this show and it is like for me the best show of the year, but it is a show that will that will have significant ramifications moving forward and I I just like and I, and this is this is it. This is what we watch television for to to love something and to remember it and for me to want to pass this show down to my future generations because Andor means so much to everything. I've already watched this show through it like over and over again three times this season. Or already. Sorry. I can't even speak anymore because I love the show so much. I just like I've I've, re- <laughs> I've already rewatched this show multiple times. I'm gonna keep rewatching it, and I want to make this like at least once a year. I'm gonna be rewatching the show because this show is absolutely incredible. Um, Andor, that's it. That's my number one. Yeah, it's a perfect show. All right, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, this was a really fun exercise, Chris. Thank you for handling me and my uh, emotional roller coaster of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure and i uh, i gotta i gotta go now and watch some more shows that's what we live for right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then podcasting about it so that's that's what we do i can't wait um and thank you listener for listening to us rant about television if you made it this far you must love the show um and if you do you know Reach out to us. Uh, let us know how much you love the show, what we're doing, what we're not doing well. Um, you can email us at hello at seriallyhooked.com uh, or find our contact information on the website. 
You can also give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are very excited to hear from you because this is what we do this for. We don't only do this for ourselves. I mean, we could just do this and record for ourselves and not share it with anyone, but we share it because we want to hear from you. (laughs) And yeah, uh, thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.